Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I am the host of the Living a Better Story podcast on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. Today, I've got a a really good friend of mine uh, that I actually became friends with just earlier this year, but it feels like we've known each other for decades. And this is Deb Brown Maher, the author of Sell Like Jesus. She has decades of selling experience, sales management, leadership training, and we had the luxury of having her join us at the first inaugural Living a Better Story retreat, and she shared a lot of her wisdom with the group, and we're happy to have her on the show today. So, Deb, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you, Chad. I always love the changing artwork that you have in the background, so um, I, I know that you do that from, it's almost a divine gift that comes through you and shows up in the art so what uh before we start what's the what's the latest and greatest what is what does that mean to you the what i do is start with a blank canvas in front of the congregation so my my back is to them so they can see what i'm doing as i do it and i ask the lord what do you want made manifest today? What part of the invisible world do you want made visible? And it usually starts with, he'll tell me a color and a brush to use. And I will get that color out and I will start painting. And then I get the next color and the next stroke and shapes and it evolves as much for me as it does the congregation watching because I just was telling a friend the other day, I can count on one hand how many times I've known what I'm supposed to paint before I paint it. The rest of the time in 11 years, only five times did I know what the image was supposed to be before I started. Otherwise, the image is evolving for me as much as it is the watchers. Wow. Out of curiosity, when you did the lion, was that one of the five or was that a random uh, that was evolving? If you remember. I, it evolved. 
what I knew was red, white, and blue. I knew the colors. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Wow. I mean, because that's really how we got connected. Um, you know, I found you online. I, I was about to write a book called God-Centered Selling. <laughs> I Googled God-Centered Selling and Jesus-Centered Selling. And then there was the podcast interview that you did with, with I Work For Him. So that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and that was divine intervention that we were able to meet. <laughs> no Absolutely. So let's go back. We kind of did a little bit of this at the Living a Better Story retreat. Remember the cards that we stepped on? Yes. And, you know, if you go back to five, six years old, what are some of the, you know, what would you love to do? What was your passion then? So even then, I loved color. And uh, one of my favorite things to do was to draw rainbows. I have a scrapbook where I have pictures of rainbows. I just always was drawn to Roy G. Biv, even before I knew what it was. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, Roy G. Biv. Ah, I remember that now, yes. What's funny about that is that this is really interesting. Greg, who's the detective that I mentioned in New York that was on the last podcast, Guess what his guardian angel's name was? Roy. Roy. Look at that. He said, there's no doubt about it. His name was Roy. And then it's funny, when I was a kid, when we'd go to uh, travel, my friend and I, um, we always had this joke about Roy. So there, there you go. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Red, orange, yellow. Yeah. You know, many, many angels appear as flames of fire. Oh, that's interesting. I call them fire angels. Wow. Well, <laughs> and I, I almost get the feeling on the picture, there's it's it's almost a yin and a yang kind of a thing. Like in our room, I've got this really cool big marble stone thing, and it's a yin and a yang. And you know, there's the there's the tug and pull of good versus evil. And I, I almost get that feeling from that. Well, this is rep this is called two fires and it's the fire coming out of the throne room of heaven, which is typically uh, that this one shows more specifically the colors of the fire that's around the throne. And then the fire of earth, which is the red, orange, yellow with some deep blues or purples and the occasional white, which is the hottest part of the flame. And what I was sensing was heaven and earth connecting and the power of heaven and the power that has been given to God's people here in the earth, coming together, meeting in the middle. And it's hard to see, but there's, I didn't do this on purpose, but there ended up being a Jacob's ladder connecting the two. Oh wow yeah it almost the one in the back looks like an infinity yep. uh, as well that's really yes. neat yeah. okay so you you had a passion early for color Roy G. Biv um, <laughs> what's and then I think it's pretty obvious the secret connection between what you did then but tie it to your career because drawing and painting uh -huh. in church is different than what you actually do in your day job. So how do those two things tie together? It's great that you asked me that. It was probably just within the last year 
that I had the revelation that what I do verbally is the same skill that enables me to paint. So let me flesh that out a little bit. I've been gifted with the ability to process information between right and left brain very quickly. So I see patterns, images, colors. I see connections as I'm listening to people share what their challenges are, what they've tried, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And I'm able to on the fly orchestrate using what people have shared to then teach and help them find the bridge over the gap. Mm, yeah, it's amazing. Well, just like at the very beginning of the call before we hit record, and I shared a challenge with you, and Deb very quickly said about a two-sentence prayer that said, may the doors that need to be opened be opened, and may the doors that need to be closed be closed. And it, basically, I'm summarizing. Um, and that was precisely what I was was going through my head. So, you know, you could you could hear that, see that, and articulate that very quickly. Yeah, it's that third dimension or even fourth dimension of the spirit when when you know Christ and you have an intimate personal relationship with him you're able to see things from a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual perspective that the spirit knows the spirit and can see the spirit and understand things of the spirit. So it's, it's a God given gift and ability to manifest the spiritual which is typically invisible into the earthly realm so that it can have the effect it's meant to have because it's no good if it's just up there inaccessible so many people feel so distant from god when in fact he craves that personal connection with every single one of the the people that he created. We are all his creation. Yeah. And he craves that relationship. So I remember on the second call that we did, I had this really high pitched sound and you could hear it too. Mm -hmm. And since then, I, 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 it doesn't, it's not just in this room. So it wasn't my lighting or my speaker. Mm -hmm. It happens at different places and it's a real high pitch frequency. And, and I can almost tune into the channel. And it, and I, I haven't figured out what's the, you know, what, what every time that the ringing gets loud, what it means. Um, but it seems to be, uh, it seems to be a good thing. Um, yeah. Which is very interesting. Yep. I just encourage you to keep noticing when it's happening, make note of it, and then take that to the Lord in prayer and ask him for greater revelation. Yeah. What is he trying to say to you through that? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so you've shared your secret connection from the past to the present. Um, we all go through stuff in life. So, you know, without necessarily revealing the 
the deepest painful memories. Um, <laughs> what, what, you know, if you can share something that was maybe hard and then how did it actually become a gift to you later? Because I think a lot of times people go through something where they're just like, this really sucks. And then they look back and they go, you know what? It actually changed me for the better. Yeah, so as you can imagine, over the years, there have been numerous disappointments. Um, one of the most difficult and worst, I'm glad I lived through it experiences. Um, I'm grateful for it, but I wouldn't wish it on anyone kind of experiences was um, losing my husband, Bill, Bill Brown, to a sudden illness um, after we had been married 25 years. Our lives were, as you can imagine, completely in intertwined. He was my best friend as well as my husband. And all of a sudden, he was gone. And everything shifted in ways that you can't imagine and I can't even fully articulate everything changed and other people felt the loss and were at a loss to comfort me and other people were dealing with grief in ways that I couldn't identify with and they couldn't they couldn't relate to what I was going through. I mean, it was this place of complete isolation. And I had to look to God. I remember more than once thinking, who can I call to comfort me? And I think about a best friend, my mother, my sister, and and each time I thought of a person, I'm like, no, no, they, there's nothing they can do for me. There's nothing they can say to me. There is no consolation. And it drove me right into the face of God. I got in front of him and, and I made this declaration and this, I've come to learn later was the best thing I could have done I got in God's face and I said, this sucks and you are good and I'm going to declare your goodness and I know you're going to get me through this, but right now, this really sucks. It really sucks. <clears throat> and so I was raw. I was real. There was no hiding anything. He knew it all. And I knew he was the only one who could comfort me. And that started a path of connection at such a deep level between me and him that I wouldn't give up. I hated that I had to go through what I went through to get there, right? But because I turned to him and I, and I made him my strong tower and my fortress, and I ran to him and I didn't try to get my needs met through any human being. 
knowing that they could not. They would always fail me, not because they wanted to fail me, right? But because they were unable, inadequate for the task. It, so, it reminds me when we were at the retreat, this was exactly the book that my parents used to read to me when I was a kid. And so it's fairly well beat up, but it's a very much of a picture book and, and easy to understand words, right? That just convert the Bible into something that's totally understandable. And yeah. I think it was the story of Job, if I remember right. It was. That day, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and it, <clears throat> it really completely aligns to what you just said, um, <clears throat> which is very, it's very interesting that it was marked <clears throat> in the book. And my mother, yep. when she handed it to me before the trip said, I don't know why this mark is in the middle of the book, but it is. And so she said, I have a feeling it might mean you're supposed to read it. <laughs> I was like, okay, we can do that. And um, yeah, so what, cool. what, a, what a great read that was. <laughs> so these, these retreats that we're putting on, the next one's going to be likely in Scottsdale. We're going to do one in Winter Park. We're going to do one in different places all across the country over the course of the next um, coming, coming quarters. And um, I wouldn't call it a biblical... Uh, I don't know how to put it. I wouldn't necessarily call it a, you know, it, it's not a biblical, let's get together and talk all about religion. It's right. a, let's dive deep into the mind and let's figure out what, what it would mean to have a better connection with God. And, and it's amazing that there's, you know, one person that came was Hindu. Uh, another person does not have a relationship with God or Jesus. Right. And, and yet, everyone when they left, I feel became a little bit more curious and a little bit closer connected than they were before they came. Okay, let's get to the next question. Energy versus what drains you. So uh, is there, you know, is there something that takes the, the, you know, drains your batteries and then what recharges them? I'll tell you, there's one thing that really drains me that I have to protect myself from. And that is people who insist on playing the victim when they don't have to. So it's that mentality of everything is happening to me. I have no control. You know, life hates me. People hate me. God hates me. Well, you know, I might as well just eat, eat worms. Yeah. Being around someone like that can completely drain me because I am so polar opposite. My belief is we choose our response. Yes, stuff happens. I just described something that happened to me that could have put me square in a victim box for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, I've met some women who have carried that pain unnecessarily there's a there's an appropriate time there's a season for grieving and then there's a time to get dressed and go back to work if you look at the example of David when um, Bathsheba's first son died the son that he had with her out of wedlock so Solomon was his second son um, he, the 
time of his son's sickness. He, he fasted, he prayed, he mourned. And when the child died, he got dressed and, and ate a meal and people were scratching their heads like, that's weird. You should be mourning now that he's gone. David was putting all his energy into asking the Lord to heal his son. And once God made the decision that the healing was not going to take place, Solomon got on with things. So we need, we need to be able to get through. So I, I'm not in any way diminishing the difficulties that people experience. I have experienced them. What I am doing is encouraging people to say, okay, this is the hand I've been dealt. What can I do? What do I need to do? How do I get through this? What's a healthy response to this? Where is there wisdom to help me walk through this so that I don't get stuck, so it doesn't become my identity? Yeah, that's great. John Guiden is a friend of mine. He played uh, CU football, and we met a couple years ago, and he speaks at different events now. I've introduced him to a handful of people and just amazing guy at the core. And... <clears throat> And he did a TED talk. So he invited me to TED talk. He said, yeah, it's in Dallas. Well, it was about a four hour drive from Dallas, uh, but who's counting? It was actually kind of a fun drive. And um, so I went out and listened to his TED talk and he talked about, <clears throat> he's African-American. And so he went first class on an airplane and he was sitting like in row one uh, C probably because A is the window C then, you know, D and E or whatever. And so uh, they served him last. And he was like, scratching his head, like, wait, this doesn't feel right. And he, and, but he goes, you know what, I'm not just going to play the victim here. I, let me just ask the question. Hey, out of curiosity, ma'am, I'm sitting in first class. Is there a reason why I got served last? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all based on pecking order of how many miles people fly. So that guy over there has 1.8 million. And, you know, you don't have the same level of miles flown. And he was like, you know, a lot of people would, would kind of not have that level of curiosity and right. would say, well, huh, bah humbug. <laughs> and right. he had the foresight to always question and, and get That's beyond good. that. Isn't That's that a neat really, one? Really good. But it started with his choice to ask. Yes, yes. Now, YouTube changed the title of it which was an interesting conversation. We'll <laughs> leave that for another day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see, what's next? This one's the one I think that Greg, the detective, just immediately knew the answer. And I, I look at it as kind of a loaded question. So uh, what would you like to accomplish in life that would change everything for you? See why it's a loaded question. <laughs> what would I like to accomplish that would change everything for me? Hmm. I'm conflicted because I, in some ways, I feel like I am in the process of accomplishing 
so not there yet and I I'm not sure I'm ever going to completely arrive um, what I have been driving towards for many years and I think we spoke about this I am passionate to see an integration of spiritual work family not we go to church on Sunday and then we live the rest of our week not separation of church work church state and I say spirit because there's religion that brings rules regulations I have to define these words because regardless of what label you put on it whenever you're being put in a box and you're being weighed down with rules that make it impossible for you to succeed in your own effort that's a prison that's not faith that's not the spirit that's not freedom in the Lord the way it was intended I I want to see that living out of values and expressions of my faithfulness and my connection with the Lord integrated completely in everything that I do so it's that integration that I'm striving for and and I think there are always there's always room to improve that um, I want to show up as real and authentic so although I am firmly planted on the Jesus movement and mountain that does not exclude people who are not it means I need to be authentic and real about who I am and not hold that back because that would be inauthentic mm -hmm. so I want to hear from other people's perspectives where they're coming from understand and respect them and not have my personal beliefs become a barrier right mm -hmm. so I like I said, I, I don't I, I don't have it figured out. If I could figure it out, it would change everything very quickly. <laughs> but the blessing is, the good news is, I'm figuring it out and I'm able to do that with good people like you and others that we met at the Living a Better Story event where we were able to connect at a deep level very quickly out of respect for vulnerability that we shared. Yeah, it, and it's, the reason I'm not a huge fan of the question, but I like to ask it anyway, is because of the way you answered it. Because early in my career, and even a few years ago, someone would ask, well, are you successful? And you'd go, well, I'll be successful when, and really the answer is, you know, when, once you own it and you go, well, I've written four books, I've done this, I've done that, I've traveled to Hong Kong and China and Japan and Australia and New Zealand, like 
what do you mean you're not successful yet? <laughs> like wake up and right. smell the roses. Right. Everything's kind of amazing in this universe and, and it all works together uh, for good. So yeah, that's really cool. Okay, I'm gonna get to question 10, which is what bores you? Do you get bored easily? Watching sports. <laughs> I'd rather be doing. That's a good one. I'm not a watcher. I'm yeah. a doer. All right. Um, in your career, what's, and, and even life, really, whatever, whatever you want to apply this question to, what's working, what's not? What's working is connections like this. I, as I pursue this integration of faith and work, I have discovered a key with the Lord's help and the help of a, a missionary by the name of Heidi Baker, who has orphanages in Mozambique. She has been in Mozambique more than a couple of decades, um, rescuing children from the trash dump where they've been abandoned and they're just going to try to find a scrap to be able to eat. Um, Heidi, when somebody asked Heidi, how do you do what you do? She said, I serve the one that's in front of me. And that is what I am doing. I'm connecting with the one that is in front of me. And in making that connection, my life is enriched. I hope theirs is enriched. Sometimes we connect further like you and I, sometimes it's just that one conversation for now. The, my perspective is everyone has value, everyone has a story, and I want to hear yours if you want to share it with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, last question is, and, and I'm going to make it a part A and B, just because we're in advanced 401 class here for our listeners. Okay. What role does faith, faith play in your journey? But I, I think I already know, and so I think it's important to answer that. But then how would you communicate to other people if faith isn't important in their journey? What advice would you give them to at least open up the door and see what's on the other side? Faith is, what's, how does the definition go? It's the, if you can see it, it doesn't involve faith, right? If I see it and know it, then I don't need faith because the proof is there. So faith enters the picture when you can't see, you don't know. So back to my story about losing Bill, I was in the midst of a desert, a valley so deep that it, it was excruciating to even take a step, one step to try to crawl out. But I had faith that God was good and he had good things planned for me. So I set my sight on his goodness so that I could take that step each day. And 
each time I took a step, I could go, good job, Deb, you took a step. Okay, today you packed up some clothes. Good job. Tomorrow you'll get them to the goodwill. Okay, next day you'll get to the grocery store. And literally, it was that tedious. Just one foot in front of the other. Breathe in, breathe out, right? Get your shoes on, brush your teeth. Like, I can breathe. I'm alive. I'm going to trust. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And for months, it was horrible. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was disgustingly horrible. Um, The other act of faith that I actively did was to worship the Lord. So I would go to Wednesday night band practice and I would go to Sunday morning band practice before the service and then the service just so I could worship in a corporate setting, not alone, but with others around. And I would sing and dance and flag and paint and just be in the Lord's presence. And here's what happened. It's like when David played his harp and the demons in Saul went away. When I worshiped, I had joy unspeakable. Mm. In the midst of the horrible depression and difficulty, I had I experienced moments of joy in Christ that I can't describe in words. And that helped me get through. Well, and before we ask you that kind of part B, it, it's one month almost to the day. So it's a month and a day that my son had some pretty massive burns that you're aware of. Right. And so I, I'm not going to show the picture of the before because my son had third, second, third degree burns on his face. So luckily closed his eyes. It was an oil fire. And it was so terrible the day before the surgery that I was like, and of course, a mom and a dad look at your son and you're like, what is going to happen? And so when you talk about the faith through the valley, him, he knew because he's got the same strong faith and belief system. I knew, my mom knew, my mom knew, my dad knew, my wife knew, we all knew it was going to be okay. And we all prayed about it every day. And so I'm happy to say that one month almost to the day, like you really wouldn't even know that he was in a fire. You thought he might've gone through a little bit of a uh, sunburn. Yeah. And that's about it. And so as hard as your situation feels today, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I just don't know if I can make it. That what advice would you share so that they hear this and take the chance to put one's foot in front of the other? What's the light? What's the reason why they should have the faith? Because God is always good. God is goodness. He A lot of people attribute lots of bad things to God that really should be attributed to the devil and the demonic forces. Um, So I'm not going to get into the theological difference. I'm just going to make the statement. And to some, you'd have to exercise faith 
to experience God's goodness. I get that life has been pretty nasty uh, to many people in many different ways. And God is good, 100%. He's always good, uncompromisingly good. And if you seek a deeper understanding of him and his ways, then he will show you his goodness. Mm, outstanding. And his mercy endures forever. Forever. Remember that from my church days. <laughs> well, what a fabulous conversation. Um, you know, Deb, you, you ooze what it means to live a better story. And, um, and Thank so you. I appreciate you. I, I love you. And, um, and, and I just can't wait to see you at the next one. And in fact, tomorrow night, we think we get to meet your husband on a Zoom video. So that'll yes, be- Yes, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> my right. husband, my now husband, Charles. That's right. That's yes. right. All right. Thank you everybody for listening to the Living a Better Story podcast today. This is Deb Maher, Deb Brown Maher. And if you want to read a cool book, Sell Like Jesus, if you're in selling, um, buy the book. If you're managing a team, have Deb come in and just take a look at your organization and, uh, and see what she can do by, by bringing together faith and sales and see what that can do for your company. Signing out. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. <laughs>